Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. wake up in the morning and feel like you've been dropped down on another planet where everything is different. 2020 has been a year that has changed the world as we know it and and many of us are still trying to get our mind around just what has happened and what continues to happen right here in our own community as well as uh, in our nation and and even in nations all over the world. And uh, whereas a year ago, for instance, uh, You'd be in trouble and and raise some alarm if you walked into a bank or a store with a mask on. Now people in those places get alarmed around you if you don't have one on. In our area of the country, people used to greet each other warmly with hugs and and firm handshakes. And now they keep their distance and they maybe just nod at each other if they even look at each other as they cross paths. Volumes of people get up in the mornings and, and they don't even leave the house. To go to work or school, instead they just go into another room and stare at a screen for hours. Those are just the beginning of a list of changes that have come in this last year. And if we step back a bit further in our past, there are so many other changes that have come in recent years. Uh, telephones no longer need a, a wire to connect them. And people no longer use maps to find their way around. And instead they uh, listen to some female voice telling them when and where to turn on a little handheld device they have with them. And as we think of the moral climate of our nation, the moral standards and values of our land have majorly shifted in recent years, and and even one's sexual identity is now no longer considered settled at the time a baby is born. Storms and fires and other natural disasters seem to occur more often, or at least we hear about them more with all of the communication that we have. And whereas they used to be called um, acts of God, Now each one is often blamed on people's overuse of fossil fuels or things like that. And and with societies shift away from church attendance and belief in an all-wise, all-powerful God, it seems that government is looked to to solve the bulk of society's problems. And meanwhile, government in our country has been quite polarized with two very different worldviews shaping the landscapes of our nation, and, and that's become even more obvious in this past week as presidential election has been hanging in the balance and concerns about corruption in this vital process have resulted in lawsuits and um, calls for recount, and more hatred has been spewed back and forth on social media. What planet are we on? And how did we get here? I'm guessing that it, not just me, but there are others in the congregation feeling rather disheartened and bewildered these days. I, I personally am a, a planner. I like to plan out things for the future, and that's a real challenge these days. And I had planned out ahead with Pastor Ryan in this preaching series that we're doing on the Ten Commandments here at Miranatha. And today was going to be Ryan's turn to preach on the Sixth Commandment. But since he's not able to be here today, and since... Uh, For my own sanity with some of the events of the past week, I've needed to just have some time away with the Lord and search His Word and encourage my own heart. I felt led to share with you some things I found in God's Word 
that have helped me in dealing with this ever-changing world that we live in. And, and you see, as we look at history, we see that uh, we are not the first generation to feel displaced and, and like we're living on a different planet. No, many before us have also felt that, and, and though their circumstances might have been quite different from ours, yet there are significant similarities as well. I, I've been looking lately at, at the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, and, and I invite you to turn with me there to chapter 2, and I'm not sure what's in front of you there, but if you have a bulletin, it might say chapter 1. That's my fault. I uh, didn't tell Annie the right stuff there, but, but we're going to look in chapter 2, and, and the outline there in the bulletin also then has the order that I'll be walking through this. Let me just set the scene a little bit before um, we read from chapter 2. It's about the, the year 586 B.C., and the Babylonian army has swarmed over the land of Judah and killed many of its inhabitants, destroyed their capital city of Jerusalem, and taken volumes of folks into captivity in Babylon. And Daniel is one of several young men who were taken captive and brought into a land where everything would have seemed very different. I picture them probably as a college student age. And they, as they ended up there in Babylon, then were given new names and forced to learn a new language and a new culture and to study Babylonian literature and eat Babylonian food. And many of their family members likely had been killed and they were separated even from those that were alive and forced to live then in a controlled housing setting. And most all of their freedoms then had been stripped away. But God was with these young men and he had plans for them. They were very different plans from what they may have had for themselves, maybe even a year ago. And as they looked to God, and as they sought to honor Him in these vastly different surroundings, God blessed them. And He brought them even to places of significant influence in the very government of their captors. And He gave Daniel a special ability to interpret dreams. And when this led then to a request even um, to interpret a dream of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel asked his friends to pray for him. And God came through for Daniel, revealing to Daniel in a night vision the meaning of, of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And I love the, the prayer of thanks to God that Daniel prayed as a result. And that's what we're going to look at today there. It, it teaches us a valuable perspective on God, which is really quite relevant for us then in these changing times in which we live. So look with me there at chapter 2, begin with verse 19, and reads as follows in Jesus' name. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven, and Daniel said, May the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the periods. He removes kings and appoints kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to people of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise. For you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. Let us pause and pray. Lord God, we thank you for 
This example from history for the real-life person of Daniel who sought to follow you in very challenging situations. And Lord, thank you for how he trusted in you and knew you to be a God who is over all. We pray that you'd encourage our hearts as we meditate on your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I notice this, and, and that is that wisdom and power belong to God, and really not to man. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar had already gone to his magicians and conjurers and sorcerers, and he had asked them not only to tell him the meaning of his dream, but, but also to tell him what he had actually dreamed. And they were flabbergasted by this request. How could they, or any man really, first state the dream and then explain it? They said, only the gods could do that, not mere men. You see, they knew that they really had no connection with any higher power. They were really just liars um, who made up things and magicians uh, using tricks to deceive people. They had no wisdom or power to do what the king asked, and they knew it. But you see, God does, and he is able to give both wisdom and power to whomever he wishes, and he gave wisdom to Daniel for this crucial time. And Daniel's prayer of thanks and praise is a great reminder to us about the abilities of Almighty God, who has all things on the earth in his hands, including even the crazy circumstances we face in our communities and our nation. And it seems to me that America as a whole has either not figured this out yet or has forgotten this. Whatever difficulty comes along, people are looking to government to solve it, including many things that government is not wise enough nor powerful enough to fix. And we've been in the last few days then waiting the results of this hotly contested presidential race while it's been tied up in questions of corruption relating to our ballot counting procedures and so on. The challenger in this election has, has run his campaign partly on faulting our current president for terrible mishandling of this coronavirus pandemic and suggesting that somehow our president ought to have been able to control it better. Well, it looks like it might be that that opponent will get his chance to try. What has been sadly missing in this election year as COVID-19 has dominated the news is a strong national call to pray to the only one who really controls this virus, and that is Almighty God. Wisdom and power belong to him, and no mere man or woman gets either of them unless God grants it to them. And God in his wisdom and power, it tells us here, he changes the times and the epochs. Um, we know that in that we look around at the seasons and hear um, in the weather in, North, in northern um, United States, uh, we've enjoyed just recently some very nice days, unseasonably nice weather. But very shortly, the weatherman tells us, as early as tomorrow, then the temperatures are going to drop from a high in the 70s today to a high in the 30s, even tomorrow and the next week. God is in control of these seasons. But not just the seasons of the weather, but also the seasons in our nation. I find it interesting, verse 21 there, uh, in the New American Standard it reads this way, it is he who changes the times and the epochs. Now, that's a word we don't use a whole lot. What's an epoch? It is a period of time in history or in a person's life, 
typically one that is marked by some notable events or, or particular characteristics. For instance, some of us, as we look at our own lives, uh, we we'd see our lives as punctuated by the different places in which we have lived, or different eras in, in our own personal lives. Uh, we might also look at our national history as, as shaped by the time periods in which we've had each of the different presidents, or by times that we have known national prosperity or shortages, or times we've been at war and times we've been at peace, times of spiritual revival and times of spiritual drifting and hardness in our land as well. And I think we need to pray that whatever comes next in our land would be a new era, a new epoch of turning to God. A new movement of his Holy Spirit, a returning to his word as recorded in the scriptures and turning back to the values then that we've been talking about in the Ten Commandments. A, a, a turning from sin and rebellion against God to crying out to God for forgiveness and for help and for interchange. You see, Daniel knew that God changes the times and the epochs of human history. God is the master of human history whether mankind recognizes it or not. And for his own reasons, then, God saw fit to let the Babylonians wipe out the nation of Judah and take Daniel and his friends into exile. And Daniel further says then in his prayer here in verse 21 that God removes kings and he establishes kings. And Daniel in his lifetime would have seen that firsthand, really. As, as a young man, for instance, he had watched as, as King Zedekiah, the king of Judah, had gone through, um, or I should say, had a real demise of, of his administration and so on. And the resultant end then of the nation of Judah as he had known it, that had lasted for about 400 years. And, and Daniel then saw firsthand his captor, King Nebuchadnezzar, grow in power to the point where he was so stuck on himself that he had this statue built that was 90 feet high and ordered everybody should come and worship that. And Daniel saw his own friends then refuse to do so and get thrown in a fiery furnace, only to have then God rescue them and humble King Nebuchadnezzar so that he declared that there is one true God and he alone is to be worshipped. And Daniel observed Nebuchadnezzar's success go to his head again. And later in life, when he again began to think about how great he was, as he was looking over the city of Jerusalem, he, or I mean of Babylon, he thought, all of this that is built here is due to me. And God humbled Nebuchadnezzar again. And for a time, the Bible tells us that he lost his sanity and he lived absolutely like an animal. And then at the end of a period of time, his sanity returned and his kingdom was restored. And it talks about it in chapter 5 of Daniel. And there it says this, but at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are of no account. He does according to his will, according to the army of heaven, and among the inhabitants of earth, and no one can fend off his hand, or say to him, what have you done? Well, as you think about Daniel and what he observed then there as God brought kings to power and, and removed them, after the era of Nebuchadnezzar, then his son Belshazzar became king. 
And he also gloried in his riches, and God humbled him. At the very time that he was hosting this great feast to himself, really, God saw fit to end his life and his kingdom as well. And the Medes came in and took over. And after that, then Daniel ended up serving under King Darius the Mede. And that's when we have then that, that it, during his rule was that famous uh, lion's den incident. And after Darius the Mede, then another king, Cyrus the Persian. And so Daniel in his lifetime came to know very well that God establishes and removes kings and even kingdoms. And if God did that then, even though in our country today, we have different circumstances. We get to vote for our president and so on, and hopefully that vote gets counted. Does not also God today bring presidents to power and remove them from power when he wishes? And I don't believe that God controls each person's vote or, or that he stacks the ballots somehow, but he does control the weather. He does give prosperity and calamity in nations. He, he does allow viruses and other things that greatly affect the process. And, and so then we must conclude. That means then God brought Donald Trump to the presidency to fulfill his purposes, and that only when God says the Trump era is over will he then remove that title from him. Daniel further says in his prayer here in verse 22 that God gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to people of understanding. You see, then that means no one is wise apart from God, apart from God granting them wisdom. And so I think we need to pray then for whoever is in leadership locally and in our state and our nation that they would be given God-given wisdom for the challenges that they face. And pray further that they recognize that as coming from God and not from themselves. I love that scripture that we read in James there. It reminds us that he gives wisdom to all that ask for it, but I'm not so sure that he does to those that think they already have it and don't need wisdom from God. It says there, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And I think of that, and, and I'm reminded of times in history where that's been the case, and what comes to my mind is especially Abraham Lincoln when he was president and going through that awful civil war, it brought him to his knees many times in prayer. And he humbled himself before God and asked for wisdom, and I believe God truly granted that in those challenging times. As we think about our nation today, one of the things that I've been thankful for in the last four years is that in spite of some of his own character weaknesses, our president has chosen to surround himself with several men and women who are strong Christians and people of real integrity. People who do ask God for wisdom. And no matter what we think of those that will be coming into office, we, we ought to pray for them and for those that they will appoint to serve under them and, and pray for them to humble themselves before God and to look to him for wisdom for the challenges that they will face. Daniel further says in his prayer here in verse 22 that God reveals profound and hidden things. God revealed to Daniel the contents and the meaning of a dream of a heathen king. Is he not also then able to reveal to someone in the medical field the key to treatment of those that are sick with this virus or a vaccine to help from spreading further? I think we should pray that God would reveal that soon 
But let's also realize that he has his purposes in allowing it to spread for a time. And there are many things that we just don't understand about God's ways. But we do know that he intends to use things like this to show mankind that we are not in control, we do not have all power and wisdom, and he does. And he gives it to those who ask. Besides uh, Pastor Ryan, one of the people I know that has recently been sick with this virus has been a mentor of mine, Pastor Eldon Nelson. He's former AFLC Home Mission Director. He's now in his 80s, and he's been in the hospital for several days. And I have so appreciated some of the updates uh, on Facebook that his daughter, Tricia, has shared as she has shared the struggle for his health. And also she's shared scriptures that have encouraged him and encouraged their family. And one that comes to my mind that I saw recently was in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And there Paul is talking about the trials he's gone through and so on and how he deals with that. And he says this, We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. So we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. On him we have set our hope, that he will continue to deliver us as you help by your prayers, and then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. There's one other thing I, I noticed in Daniel's prayer in, in verse 22. There it says about God also that he knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells in him. You know, as we look outside these days after the daylight saving time switch and so on, we see it's, it's getting darker much earlier this season. 5 p.m. and already you need to turn on your headlights and that's really discouraging for me. I believe that the days are also getting darker though in this sin-sick world in which we live. And that is discouraging. The forces of evil are powerfully at work stirring up self-centeredness and arrogance, hatred and, and chaos. But we are not of the darkness. We have the light of the world. Jesus Christ is that light. And he offers us sinners forgiveness of all of our sins and a change of heart. And compared to the kingdoms of this earth that rise and fall, and the leaders of nations that come and go, Jesus Christ's is an everlasting kingdom. And even Daniel saw that, and I find that fascinating, 400 plus years before Christ came on the scene, Daniel looked ahead to that day when Christ would come on the scene and set up his reign. And in chapter 7 is this prophecy then. He says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all the peoples and nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Well, until Jesus Christ comes back, let's be about his business. And that might involve giving up some of our plans and learning again to trust God with our lives as we face challenging circumstances. And remembering then, really, that our lives are not our own. 
And as we recognize that, in spite of things changing all around us, God has been faithful to us, and he's supplied all that we need. Then, like Daniel, let us give him praise and thanks for what we have and ask his wisdom to navigate the challenges of the future. Let's pray. Well, Lord God, we come before you today recognizing our own weakness, our, our limited understanding of things. And Lord, we recognize you as the one who is all-powerful and all-wise. And we humble ourselves before you, and we ask that you'd help us. Whatever we're going through in our personal lives, that Lord, you'd help us to lean on you, to trust in you, to look to you for help and wisdom for whatever we need to deal with and decisions we need to make. And Lord, as we Think of our nation uh, in this challenging time. Uh, we pray that you would have your way. We, we know that you are in control. And though some of us maybe struggle with uh, concerns and, and worries about the future, uh, Lord, remind us that it's in your hands and, and that you are the one who, who brings leaders to power and who brings them down in your time. And all, of, all times are in your hands. And we thank you that as we look to you, we, we don't have to worry because we are part of an everlasting kingdom that will not fade away and a place is reserved in heaven for those who know and love Jesus. We thank you that in him there is forgiveness of all of our sin. There is a heart change that takes place and you will help us to live in a relationship with you and with each other in this world. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless and help us as a congregation as we go through this time as well, that we would know your presence in our individual lives and that you would guide and direct us and give us great wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.